Despite the chaos around us, the world is being made better because of you. New projects are underway. Land for a new West African Center has been secured. Hornsby Prayer and Equipping Hubs in Africa and Haiti are being built. And a new 17-acre outreach center that will support tens of thousands will open soon. Your partnership is spearheading record impact. Millions of cups of clean water are being given. Hundreds of thousands of meals are being served. Life-saving health care is being provided and cycles of poverty are being broken through education. Your generosity is multiplying disciples. Thousands are coming to Christ every year. And your love is flourishing. Thank you for meeting needs, feeding souls, and elevating God. The Lord sees the love you are showing Him as you continue helping them. Awesome. Come on, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. We just watched a video of one of the organizations that we support here at Passionate Life Church. It's called Vapor Ministries, and they create micro cities in Haiti and Africa, and they are reaching so many people for the gospel, and it is our privilege that we support them on a monthly basis, um, and just seeing everything that God uh, does with them. Micah and, and Aubrey, man, they're great stewards uh, of God's resources, and, and, and man, they're just, it's just such a privilege that we could partner with such a great work in Africa and Haiti. Amen? Awesome. Hey, today is Impact Sunday. There are tables out in the lobby. We want you to connect with, with one of our serving teams, and, and not just so you can get a free shirt, but so you can get connected in God's uh, house. And so I love Impact Sunday because this is my opportunity to refocus us on the church and how important the church is because I, I feel like especially here in America we lose that vision we lose the vision of how important God's house is amen and so one of uh, the things that uh, we want to do on a consistent basis is just kind of highlight some of the things that we're doing globally but also internally and one of those uh, missions that we uh, are, are doing here uh, internally here at Passionate Life Church is called Bundle of Joy and uh, Misty and Lindsay do such a fantastic job of ministering uh, to young women who are struggling whether or not to keep their child or, or abort it. Um, this ministry was birthed out of the victory of Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And uh, us as a church, we, we decided to step into the, to the fight, right? Uh, because it, it wasn't really a victory here for us in Colorado, right? Um, because our governor has decided to take it to the next step in, in uh, late-term abortions all the way up until birth. And, and, um, and so we want to counter that, that spiritual warfare by stepping in and, and literally stepping beside these women 
and, and helping them make the pro-life choice because we believe that no person is mistake. We believe that God has a purpose and a plan for them even before we are born. That's what he said to Jeremiah. I know you before you were born. And so we have decided to, to get alongside of these women. And we've, we've helped over 40 different mothers. Church, that's 40 lives, okay? That translates to 40 human beings. Go ahead and, and put up the, the next slide. Uh, here's, here's just kind of some of the things that, that we've done. And these are, these are pictures of, of real moms and real babies um, that we've affected. Uh, we've given over 10,000 diapers. Come on, that's a lot of diapers. Um, 252 packages of wipes, 334 formula baby food, 742 baby clothing items, 406 additional baby items, 475 mothers, home needs, and $1,415 of small financial support. If you, yeah, awesome. And we feel like we have just started building a foundation to really reach a lot of uh, women and families for Jesus, uh, but we need your support. Uh, and, and so we have a table out there. You can connect with, with Lindsay or, or, or Misty, and they would love to answer any questions that you, that they, that you might have uh, concerning the ministry. We're, we're starting another branch of the ministry where we're going to be doing sidewalk counseling. You want to talk about on the front lines of the den of Satan, that's front lines. You know, and, and at the very least, we need people praying um, during that period of time. And maybe we just want to sign up and, and say, man, I'm going to pray for this ministry. Church, you, you know, this is a big deal where we live, okay? This is a big deal where we live, um, that, that our, our governor is trying to make it easier to get abortions and, and um, streamline the system, and, and we want to step in. And what we found is that it takes very little sometimes to change the mind of a young mother. If she doesn't have to worry about purchasing diapers or wipes, and we can step into that need, um, man, we want to do it. And so I want to encourage you to go talk uh, to Lindsay or Misty at the table. Uh, we have a table if you want to sign up uh, to serve as part of our bundle of joy. But it's just a time of just rejoicing, right? Man, this is what you're part of. You're part of global and internal missions. And uh, we, have a, we have a table out there in the lobby, uh, Missions on the Move. We're going to be doing more uh, missional type things, um, you, you know, uh, connecting with Denver uh, Dream Center and, and doing stuff like that. And so, uh, man, I want to encourage you to, to sign up for that too, okay? So we're not just impacting our families, but also our community and the world. That's what Impact Sunday is all about. Amen? Amen. The local church is God's chosen vehicle to impact the world, okay? I didn't choose it. God chose it, okay? The, the church wasn't man's idea. It's God's idea, okay? And the local church is God's chosen vehicle to impact the world. Come on, let's pray, and then we'll get into it today. Father, we thank you for this moment. This is your moment, God. I thank you for every person that is in this room today. You have called them by name to be in this place. I pray, Lord, that you'd open our hearts, you'd open our minds to your eternal word. God, I thank you for everybody that's watching us online, whether it's live or on replay, God, that you'd open their hearts and minds to your eternal word, that you would move us today, God. That this wasn't just be something that we do today to, to check off a religious uh, a, a list, but we would come and we'd be moved, we'd be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit today. That our vision would be focused on you and what you've called us to do as the church to affect our families, our community, and world. Jesus, get me out of the way. None of me and all of you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen, Amen and amen. 
Men, I am fired up today to talk about the church. Acts 2, 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the About 3,000 in all. They were added to the church. So they got saved, they got baptized, and they got plugged into a church. The church is God's chosen vehicle to reach the world for Jesus. And I know here in America, it, it, it can, we can easily diminish what church is. And, and I get it because most of us have been hurt by people in a church. Okay, so, and, and here's the thing. If there is a perfect church on planet Earth, there's no people in it, okay? The only one that can attend that church is Jesus, okay? Because we're all we all fallen short, okay? We're all sinners, and we all need a Savior. And so we're going to say things to each other that we didn't really mean. It's going to hurt each other's feelings. We're going to offend each other. And it's just what it is, right? Because we're, we're, none of us are, are, are perfect, right? But God has chosen the church we, to reach the world for you. This is a chosen vehicle, okay? And listen, I've been there. I've been hurt by the church. I've been kicked out of a church planning organization, okay, and told that I was too super spiritual. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Talk about being rejected by multiple pastors at, at once, but it, I, I didn't give up on the church. Instead, I got more focused and said, okay, man, we're going to do this thing because the Holy Spirit in me is leading me and guiding me to, to, to come to Denver, Colorado and plant a church. This is a really uh, popular, buzzy statement, and I, I'll be honest, I've said this before. Um, for about seven years of my life, I, I, I partied and, and was away from a God, and, and so this is like a really, you, you know, a popular thing to say, especially in our current day. I like Jesus, but I hate the church. I'm cool with Jesus. I like Jesus, but I hate the church. Now, that's something that if you post on your social media, you're going to get a lot of hearts. You get a lot of thumbs up, right? Okay? Because it is a popular statement in our current culture to like Jesus but hate the church. But here's the thing. You will get zero heart emojis, zero thumbs up from God by posting that statement. And so let me give you three reasons why this is bad theology, okay? Let me give you three reasons why this statement, I like Jesus but hate the church, is bad theology. Point number one, Jesus died for the church. And so what you're saying when you say I like Jesus but not like the church, you're saying, Jesus, I don't like what you died for. Or what? Why would you die for the church? Like, like Jesus died for the church. Ephesians 5.25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life 
for her. Jesus gave up his life for the church. He gave up his life for the church so we can assemble together and be his church. Second reason why this is bad theology, number two, Jesus calls the church his body. And so what you're saying by making that statement, I like Jesus, but I hate the church, you're saying, Jesus, I hate your body. I hate your body. You know that body that was ripped to shreds, that body that was beaten and broken for our iniquity, that's the body. When you make that statement, that's what you're saying. I hate Jesus' body. The body that was torn and broken for you and me. So we could find freedom in Christ alone. Ephesians 1, 22-23. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And the church is Christ's body. And we have the privilege to be part of it. We, we have the privilege to be a part of Christ's body. Every single one of us has the opportunity and the privilege to be part of the body of Christ. Reason number three why this is bad theology, Jesus calls the church his bride. So what you are saying when you say, I like Jesus, but hate the church, you're saying, I hate Jesus' bride. I hate Jesus' wife. I like Jesus, hate his wife. That doesn't work anywhere. Where you like the husband and hate the wife and, and are going to still try to be friends with them. Jesus calls the church his bride. It is his wife. 2 Corinthians 11.2. For I am jealous for you with the jealous of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. The church is God's chosen vehicle to reach the world for Jesus. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But God chose it, right? Jesus died for it. It's his body it's his bride. It's important to God. We, we, are, we are the light to this dark world. The Greek word for church is ekklesia that's used in the New Testament is ekklesia. And so let's look at the definition of ekklesia here. Ekklesia is this, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place an assembly. An ecclesia is a group of people, followers of Jesus, who are called out of their home into public place to assemble together. This is what a church is. An assembly. This gathering together, becoming the body of Christ. Representing his bride to the world. 
Gallup poll did this, this poll about regular church attendance. And in 1930s, church attendance was 73%. So we're talking about regular attending church every single Sunday, okay? And they just recently did a poll in 2023, and they discovered that regular church attenders is 22%. Now, I don't know. I do know. I do know some people. But (laughs) most of the people in this room probably wouldn't think that we're better off morally in 2023 than we were in 1930. That we have continuously gone down, we've declined morally as a country. I'm still old enough to remember, and I know some of you are just not going to believe this, but I am. I'm old enough to remember where everything was shut down on Sunday. Not just Chick-fil-A, okay? Everything was shut down. Like, you couldn't do anything on Sunday, and it was when our country valued Sabbath. They, they valued Sunday. They, they said, hey, Sunday is a day for your family. Sunday is a day for you to go to church. And we, today, it's just... Another way greedy corporations can get our money. You want to know what the problem with our society is? Regular church attendance is 22%. No longer is there a sacred day of week that, hey, today we're going to spend family time. Today we're going to go to church as a family. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. And so the writer of Hebrews during this time, there were people that were skipping church during this time too. And they were losing the vision of the church. They were losing the vision of Christ's body. They were, they were losing the vision of what church is. And so they, they just started skipping it. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, 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 let, let, let's not forsake this assembly. What are we doing here? Like, this is important to gather together and celebrate and encourage one another at least once a week, that we would gather together, we'd worship together, we'd fellowship together, we'd get a a word from the Lord together, that we would be convicted and we'd have an opportunity to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we're together. He says, as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here's a fact. Today, we are closer to the day of approaching than we were yesterday. What's the day of approaching? The day of approaching is when Jesus returns for his followers. You just look around at culture and what is happening. Church, the day is approaching. The, the day is approaching faster and faster. Things are moving quicker and quicker. And our society, 
for there to, to, to be a one world government, for there to be a one world government, there needs to be a one world currency so we can trade with one another instantaneously. That technology is here. It it's already exists. We're moving towards that quicker and quicker and quicker. The day is approaching, and, and I think we'll do a series at some point. I, I know I say a lot of things, hey, we'll do it at some point, and we end up doing it a year later. But, but it's important for us to pay attention to the signs, not be obsessed with the signs, okay? But to pay attention to what is, is happening in our society. Do you know who thinks it's really important that the church doesn't assemble? The Communist Party. Dictators think it's really important that the church does not assemble. I mean, you look at, pick any dictator, right? What do they do? They go after the church. Let, let's just look at China for an example, okay? Because Christianity's been illegal in China for like 50 years. There was a report that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago that there are more Christians now in China than there are communists. And here's the truth. The American church hasn't really been persecuted. And so it's easy to disregard what the church means to God. It's easy to find an excuse not to get up to come on Sunday. It's easy. It's easy to, well, I'm going to mow the lawn today. We got a birthday party. We've got kids' sports. I got to work. It is so easy to come up with an excuse because we haven't really had strong persecution in our country. In China, if you follow Jesus, you can be imprisoned. Your social credit score will go way down, so you won't be able to, you know, purchase things, and you don't get discounts, and it's a big deal. Like, like your social credit score there is a big deal. And you can be killed. And so there's, like, you better know that Christianity is for real, but here we, we lack persecution. We, and, and let me tell you, most, we lack conviction in most of our churches here today. And we, we, we show up to church and, and it's, it's, a, it's a TED talk. It, it's a self-help talk. Three reasons to live your best life. Three reasons why you're awesome and you don't need to change. Church, self is the issue. Myself is the problem. And, and I need to change. I need to transform. I need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so there, there's, a, you know, when, when you come here, and look, I know this church is not for everyone, okay? 
there's two sides of, of being comfortable, right? There's the comfortable of feeling the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit when you walk in here. You feel loved. You feel grace. You experience mercy, right? You, feel the, you experience the power of the Holy Spirit here, okay? But the other side is being uncomfortable when you come to church and feeling convicted of the Holy Spirit. That is a good thing. Th that's a good thing. To, to have to, to go to the altar and, and go to the cross or, or go get prayer. That, that is a good thing. That, that means you're growing. That means that you're identifying some things in you that needs to change. Let's look at three reasons why Satan attacks the church and wants Christians to scatter rather than gather. And we saw this, right, in, in, in the beginning of 2020 and, and the church wasn't labeled as essential. And, and church, let me, let me warn you, they're going to try it again. It, it, it's coming, okay? And the whole reason is, is look at this, Satan knows what the church is capable of. Satan knows that the church is God's chosen vehicle. That's why it's so hard for you to come on Sunday. That's why it's so hard for you to sign up for a serve team and volunteer and be part. That's why it's so hard for you to get connected in a life group and, and show up. Because Satan knows what happens when you connect to the body. Point number one, why Satan attacks the church. Number one, he knows there is purpose in the church. He knows that you can find purpose in being part of the bride of Christ. He knows you can find purpose by being a body. You are a body part. You, you are a part of something bigger than yourself. You're part of something that affects Africa and Mexico and, and all across the world. You're part of his, his body. And he knows that there's purpose in the church. You want to know what's wrong with our society today? I mean, look, our society, they are so desperate our young people are so desperate for purpose. They're finding their identity in everything else but the church. We have an epidemic, a drug epidemic that is killing our young people by the thousands. Why? Because they don't have purpose. Why? Because 22% of Americans attend church on a regular basis. Now, will the church fix all of your problems and need? No, it won't. Only Jesus can do that. But you need to be part of a community that encourages you to seek Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Let's continue. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because... I'm not an eye. Wouldn't that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Let's continue. 
But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And we all make up that body together. When we have, uh, when we have baptisms, and, and, and I invite the whole church out, and, and the reason why we invite the whole church out to come and see, and one, it's a great celebration, but church, that is your fruit of being part of this church. When you see people taking their next steps in Christ, making that public declaration of faith, that's your fruit. That's what you are part of. And, and it's just awesome to see it and, and see people making that declaration of faith. Why? Because that is what you're part of. That is your fruit. Why? Because you are part of the body. We find purpose. Satan attacks us because we find purpose in the church. Point number two, point number two. He knows a unified church is an effective church. It's one thing to be a church. It's another thing to be an effective church. It's another thing to be a church that literally destroys the demonic strongholds in a city. There's a lot of churches out there that, that are social clubs and social gatherings that just want a lot of numbers and people to show up and, and to be entertained and, and nobody to be offended and nobody to, you know, just show up, just come, please, and maybe put something in the offering. That, that's not an effective church, okay? God calls us to be a unified church that is effective, that, that is destroying demonic strongholds. Satan knows this. 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. There are so many things in the American church, and I say American church because in other places like Africa and, and Costa Rica and in other poor places, they don't have as much to critique and complain about, right? We, we like to complain about the chairs and, and the rug and the sound system and, you know, what the pastor's wearing and, and right, the lights. And we, we like to complain about everything, right? Um, church, let's put the minor things to set aside, okay? And let's focus on the major things that we are a church that allows the, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit to flow, that we're seeing miracles happen. People are being set free. Prodigals are coming home. People are being healed of, of cancer. People are being delivered of homosexuality. And you can be delivered from homosexuality. Just wait till our Next series that's coming up. Oh, there's going to be some people that leave the church, okay? And that's okay. Because we need to build our foundation on the Bible, okay? Mm. 
We're just going to compare some, some hot subjects, hot button subjects, what the world says and what God says, and, and we're just going to talk about it, and I'm going to show you scripture where it is, and, and why, the, why we believe in the Bible, why we believe that the Bible is the eternal word of God. It's just going to supercharge your faith or get you really offended and leave, whatever. We're going to still be here. We're going to still reach people for Jesus, right? So we want to be a unified, effective church. Last point, number three. It's what Satan knows. It's why he attacks the church and wants Christians to scatter, scatter rather than gather. Number three, he knows the power of the church. He knows the power of the church. Let me just give you some context here before we get into Matthew chapter 6. Because context in this passage is really important. I really believe it's going to drive home the point. Jesus takes his disciples down to this place called Caesarea Philippi. And it's, they believe it's literally the most wicked place on the planet. Okay? And where this place is, it, it, there's this pagan shrine temple to the god of Pan. Okay? He's the fertility god. And so what they used to do, the people would go there and hook up with temple prostitutes. They would perform rituals. They would perform sacrifices to this god, Pan. And there was this cave that was there. There was this cave that they literally called the gates of hell. And what they believed is that there was some type of portal. There, there was this portal in this cave where you could connect to these different gods and that these gods would more efficiently hear your prayer. And so that's why they, they did all of these rituals and they made these sacrifices and they had these temple prostitutes there so they could perform their rituals. And so it was like the worst place that you could go to. And Jesus brings his disciples there, right? And some scholars believe that, that there, there probably was even a festival that was going on and, and people were doing all sorts of things. And, and Jesus wanted to make a point. Then he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say that I am, right? You know, Elijah, you know, all these different choices. Well, and then he goes, well, who do you say? Who do you say that I am? Well, you're, you're the Christ. And so he's showing him the, the, the depravity of the world, right? Like, like what we're in today, our culture is in today. He's showing them lost, broken hurting people, doing all kinds of weird things. He's, he's literally showing it to them. And then he makes this statement to his disciples, Matthew 16, 18. He says this, Now I say to you, are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. These people are worshiping another God. They are doing deplorable acts. And Jesus is showing his disciples, this is why we need the church. Because people are lost. People are, people are worshiping themselves. People are worshiping all types of things today. People worship money. They worship their job. They worship entertainment. We're in the same sins, it just looks a little bit different. 
Jesus still died for all of them. And what he's saying, man, this is why Satan attacks the church so much. Because he knows the power of the church. That there's no demonic spirit. There's nothing he can conjure up that can destroy a church that's unified, that can destroy a church that's biblically based, that can destroy a church that understands, hey, we are the body of Christ, we are the body of, we are the bride of Christ, and Jesus died for us. There is no demon, there is no demonic spirit, there is nothing that can come against this church. Why? Because this church is built on the rock, which is Jesus. And it won't conquer it. And this is what makes us become a dangerous church. And we get to be part of it. If you look at the history of the church, and I'm going to end with this this morning, and we're going to go into response time. The church is the most underdog story of all time. That the church even still exists is a supernatural miracle beyond miracles. Like mathematicians can't even put a probability behind it. That not only has the church survived, it has thrived through everything, through wars, through the, the, the Catholic church abuses. I mean, we're, we're talking about thousands of years. And here we sit in a body of Christ. Here we sit in a bride. And we have that same opportunity that happened in Acts where all those people were added to the church. They discovered their, their purpose. They discovered that, man, they're, they're, they're part of something that, that is bigger than them themselves. It, we're part of something that will last throughout eternity. We're here because we know eternal rewards are attached to our obedience, are attached to this church, and we get to be part of what God is doing on the earth. So here at Passionate Life Church, your first step, if you're like, man, how do, how do I get plugged in? How do I start serving? Your first step, go to the Welcome Center, sign up for Growth Track. It's, it's videos at home. It's about 50 minutes at home. You hear the, the heart of the church, the vision of the church, and then you come for, for uh, a session here at church. We give you a personality test, a spiritual gifting test, just so you can understand how God created you and designed you and what your best fit would be in the body of Christ. If you've already done that, what are you waiting for? Okay? You're always going to have an excuse. When's not the time? Too busy. Go sign up today. Get connected. Know that Satan does not want you to get connected today. If it's your first time, get connected today. Okay? Get connected today. Be part of the body of Christ. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say, first things first, Pastor. I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to make that declaration today. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've been just, I've been away from God. 
I've been into all the things of the world, and I need to realign. I need to recommit my life to following Jesus today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you. Yep, just slip it up. Yep, this is between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning as a church, we'd help those making the greatest decision of their life today, that you'd repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. We are now transitioning into our response time. As your pastor, this is the most important time of the service that we would respond to the Holy Spirit. God's been speaking. He's been moving on our hearts and our minds. And this is our time to put that into action. And so what we've done is created three stations to help you connect to God this morning. The first station is the station of the cross. We've got pieces of paper up here. You can write whatever you want on that piece of paper and stick it to the cross. On that cross, Jesus said it's finished. Some of us are holding on to some things that are unfinished, some regret, some unforgiveness, some bitterness. Jesus says, it is fin I finished that over 2,000 years ago. Today's the day. And there's just something powerful about writing something down on a piece of paper and sticking it to the cross and saying, in Jesus' name, this thing is finished. So you can do that during this time. The second station is the station of our altar. If you just want to come and get along with God during this time, you can do that. The third station is the station of our prayer coat. Now, we have mighty prayer partners that would love to pray with you today, that would love to encourage you today. One of the things we say here at Passion Life Church is don't struggle alone. Invite someone in on your journey today. And so, man, I want to encourage you, get prayer today. If you can, stand to your feet. We are going to worship. We're going to pray and respond to the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this moment. This is your moment. God, we thank you for your church. We thank you for this building we thank you for this ecclesia, that we can be called out of our home and that we can assemble together. Father, we thank you for this moment, that this is your moment. Speak to our hearts and minds. Let us be obedient in this moment. Whatever you're asking us to do, that we would do it. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, I pray that you'd speak to every single person about getting connected on a serving team, getting plugged into your body, because now we're all body parts, and this only works if we're doing it all together. Holy Spirit, bless this moment in Jesus' name. Amen.